0: Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Keeping Up With The Winters. My name's Michelle. And I'm Rachel. And welcome to this week's episode. We've got a lot going on in the royal family. Rachel, you were there for about an hour doing the notes, right? (laughs) Oh my gosh, seriously. I didn't realize, like, I knew how much was going on this week, but actually,
1: when you go to, you know, edit and we go to revise the notes and what we want to talk about this week,
0: it's a lot. It's a lot. It is a lot. They have been busy. They are back. They're back to normal engagements. And it's been interesting to see what engagements they've been to. And because we've got so much going on, we're just going to get straight into a Royal Community. So let's get going with the Royal Roundup for this week. <music> We saw the Princess Royal. She made a low-key visit to New York. Who knew, right? Who knew? Who knew? This was quite unexpected, wasn't it? I know. She was the guest of honour at a gala for the English-speaking Union, which is a charity that works to give young people speaking and listening skills and also cultural understanding. And also, right, she took a ferry to Staten Island to attend the National Lighthouse Museum. I mean, Anne... Hello! This is just incredible. I love it. I always think as well, like, National Lighthouse Museum. Like, what's in that museum? <laughs> I want to go just to find out. For some strange reason, I just assumed it was like all old lighthouses that have just been rebuilt <laughs> in one place. <laughs> you just walk around and just see, like, the lights going around. <laughs> You need a, quite a big area for that, I think. Yeah, it's like you become like the artistic representation of the rocks as you walk <laughs> around, you know? <laughs> anyway, I'm sure it's not like that. I'm sure it's a wonderful place to visit. We also saw Sophie, didn't we, Rach? What was the Countess of Wessex up to this week? Yeah, so she made a surprise visit to the Democratic
1: Republic of the Congo. And Sophie is actually the first member of the royal family to travel to this country. And this comes in the run-up to the International Preventing Sexual Violence in Conflict Conference, which will be held in London this November. And it was one of those visits that wasn't publicised. It was only when she was there that a press release went out to say, why she was in the Congo, to be the first member of the British royal family to do so is very important. She met representatives from Trial International, which is a non-governmental organization which fights against international crimes in conflicts and supports survivors. And she met people behind the Earthshot Prize finalist, the Polkow Foundation, which protects gorillas of the, now excuse me if I can't pronounce this properly, <laughs> Kazi Beja National Park from poachers. So this is a great crossover, you know, Sophie goes to the Congo, but also the
0: Ayrshire Prize, which we know is Williams Initiative. Yeah, it was a lovely crossover, wasn't it, between Williams Initiative and Sophie's engagements. I like it when the Royal Family do that. They support each other, but also sh- just show that the initiatives, the organisations they work with do crossover and that you can have this I want to say cross-party, but I don't mean that in a political sense. But these interests, they do align and you can always help each other out. So I really like the fact that she went to see the Earthshot Prize finalist. And also, we know the Earthshot Prize is actually coming up quite soon, isn't it? Yeah, in December. And that'll be in the US as well, won't it? Yeah. Again, tick, 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 tick. So
1: she also visited the Pansy Hospital, which is a specialist hospital for those who have endured conflict-related sexual violence. And the foundation uses a holistic approach to help support survivors. And what I really liked is the Pansy Foundation's Twitter account. They actually thanked Sophie for visiting. They wrote this lovely piece, which really resonated with me because they said, too often the world turns a blind eye towards the suffering of survivors, especially here in the Democratic Republic of Congo. So again, it shows how important these visits by members of the royal families are to these outreach places, which as they've said, it,
0: it doesn't get spoken enough about, does it? It doesn't. And it's so easy to turn a blind eye, like they were saying, because it's sexual violence. It's a hard subject to talk about, isn't it? Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah. And we know, following Sophie's work over the past year or so that we've been doing this podcast, how much she is actually involved. And it's only in the last, I
0: would say, six months that her work is becoming more recognised, isn't it? Yeah, it is. And for very good reason. Uh, I think some of the patronages that Sophie is aligning herself with, I tip my hat to her because they're tough subjects that nobody wants to talk about. They're sometimes hidden from society. And I think Sophie has come into her own um, in the last, say, three or four years in understanding who she's championing and then really going for those grassroots charities and also going for those nitty-gritty organizations and the subjects there are taboo and i love the fact that sophie's like i'm going to talk about it and i'm going to shine the light that i have to help those people in need so well done sophie We also saw this week the Prince of Wales. He's been out on a few engagements, Rach. As the founder of United for Wildlife, he gave the keynote speech at the World Summit. Its mission is to end the illegal wildlife trade. And William describes how he'd learned about the natural world from his father and his grandfather, but also, and as he said in his speech, Rach, his much-missed grandmother, who cared so deeply for the natural world. I think all the royal family have had to mention the Queen in some shape or form in any of their speeches. This week. So, again, this is a little nod to Queen Elizabeth. He also said that in a times of loss, it is a comfort to honour those we miss through the work that we do. And I think a lot of people have been commenting, oh, it's a bit too early for them to go back to work. But, you know, he's kind of pointing that out, isn't he? Yeah. This is us honouring her. Um, and also, Ranger Anton Mizimba, I hope I said that right, he was honoured at the summit because he was gunned down in South Africa in July this year. And honestly, this ranger was doing his job. He was protecting the wildlife. And it is organised crime. So United for Wildlife is just an excellent, I want to say organisation, it's part of the uh, the Royal Foundation,
1: isn't it? Yeah, it's part of the Royal Foundation. And as we said, William is founding, and he actually founded this back in twenty. 20- 14 and something that's very close to his heart and Anton Mazimba was actually a person that William knew and when he died William actually sent out a personal tweet you know those tweets that we see um, every so often where it's signed William or W so you know it's coming from him and because he wanted to mention the fantastic work and it's just so sad that this man lost his life
0: because he was protecting animals yeah Let's hope they raise lots of money. Let's hope that moving forward, United for Wildlife will do amazing things and no other ranger loses his life in the process of helping. And also, I think seeing William this
1: week... He's carrying out a conservation and an environmental role, which we've seen grow over the years. That's going to be his big focus in the years to come as well. And United for Wildlife is one of those, like you said, it's one of those organisations that he works with. is close to his heart and you can really see that because it's something that he's actually passionate about. And we actually spoke about this on the podcast last year. William actually did a documentary. Do you remember when he visited South Africa and he actually saw there was a room that was just full of elephant tusks and different paraphernalia? And it was just so gut-wrenchingly sad that this still happens in the world
0: today. Yeah, and he actually said in his speech, this is organised crime, that people don't take as seriously as they should. Rachel, we also saw him as president of the FA visit St George's Park. Now, it's England's National Football Centre to celebrate its 10th anniversary. I quite enjoyed this because... As he was walking around, he got to meet so many different people who just loved football, regardless of whether they were able-bodied or they, you know, they had some uh, disability. Football is for everyone and I just loved this whole thing. And did you see he gravitated towards the kids that were wearing the Aston Villa shirt? Of course he did! Um, He also spent time with England's men's manager, Gareth Southgate, who expresses condolences for the loss of the Queen and his admiration of how the royal family have conducted themselves throughout this time. He also thanks William for using his platform to highlight the progress of the centre, which I thought was really nice. I was like, yes, Gareth, that's the way to do
1: it. And there was actually um, one kid that said, I thought he would be quite stuffy because of, you know, his role in the royal family. But he he was really easy to talk to and he was really down to earth. And, you know, these kids, I guess, were probably like what his kids' ages are. So Mm -hmm. it was lovely to see that interaction. And I think... You know, we get caught up in that sometimes. I mean, we'd probably be the same if we met members of the royal family. would be like, oh, how, how do we act? Like, how yeah. do we do this? What do we say? And they're, like Gareth said, they're there highlighting, raising awareness. It's football that's so universal that yeah. people, they, they all come together when you either watch football. I mean, even if you don't like football, it kind of, we found out during the Euros this year, didn't we? <laughs> yes. it, brings, it brings people
0: together. It's a starting conversation. It's a conversation yes. starter. Absolutely. Rachel, we also saw Catherine, the Princess of Wales. She was out. What was she doing? Oh, so she was at
1: the Royal Surrey County Hospital Maternity Ward, where she met with new mums and midwives talking about pre- and postnatal care, which, as we know, is of course close to Catherine's heart through her early years initiative. What I um, noticed straight away, Cheryl, is I'm becoming a bit of a, um, a replicator in the way that when the Catherine wears something, I noticed straight away where it's from. So, for example, (laughs) last week, Danielle um,
0: (laughs) from uh, episode 40, How to Dress Like a Duchess, she's taught you well. I I love it.
1: Well, the other week when she was wearing that red coat, I was on LK Bennett's website and I actually thought that's a coat that Catherine would wear. Yeah. And then she rocked up in it. The <laughs> dress that she was wearing today for today's engagement, I knew that it was caramelline because that's the dress I tried on in pink that I was going to wear to in the Colour when we went to see oh, in the Colour. Yeah. Oh, one!
0: Okay, all right. Well, it was very royal, right? You got, you got a spot on there, girl. <laughs> Love it. Do you know the one thing I thought when I saw Catherine at the maternity ward she could have gone a little bit more scruffy because mm. like people have just given birth and like you're <laughs> gonna meet a princess who's absolutely perfect and you've just squeezed something out of your body, and it's like <laughs> give them a break.
1: <laughs> yeah, but I guess you know when she squeezed her own three kids out, she didn't have that break. She to really.
0: <laughs> Unfortunately for the poor lass, she had to get up in front <laughs> of a camera and have a picture taken. Oh goodness oh. me. What was
1: um, really lovely about this was there was that um, lovely photo And I actually posted it on our Instagram, Keeping Up The Winters Pods. And it was Catherine holding a premature baby. Oh, yeah. It was so adorable. And um, when she was talking to some of the new mums, she was actually saying that she and William found it really hard and they felt pressure on picking their children's names because Mm -hmm. they knew the world was waiting with bated breath as such. Like, what are they going to be called? But I can imagine that's quite hard because, you know, you can't pick, a random name
0: you can't call your kid apple if it's a member of the royal family can you <laughs> no you couldn't you could not even give a middle name apple and <laughs> they, there are very specific royal names that you can choose from that are acceptable shall we say especially the ear in line to the throne i think what's great the engagements that we've seen william and catherine on this
1: week it shows and highlights their passion. And I think this is something that they're going to be taking with their new roles as a prince and princess of Wales. We're going to be seeing more of this. And like we've said, you know, Catherine's all about the early years foundation and William's the Earthshot Prize and conservation. Mm. And I think in a way, like we've said it time and time again, the king's, you know, legacy will be the prince's trust. Yeah. And I think going forward, this is what the initiatives that William and Catherine are passionate about this is what we're going to see in the years to come. And I'm all for it because they're great initiatives, great organizations, charities that we
0: work with. And they, again, they highlight such important topics. They do. And i tell you something that I thought when I saw Catherine holding that premature baby is as soon as you think of the Princess of Wales, you think of Diana straight away. You saw her with the sick, the vulnerable, the ill, the needy. You have that picture in your mind. And I think when I saw Catherine with the premature baby, it did bring to mind Diana straight away. And I wonder whether as we move forward, whether that's something that she's going to utilize and kind of uh, solidify as that title. So we connect that symbolism to her or whether she will go outside of that and change it somewhat. That's why that really resonated with me because it's something that in my mind, the Princess of Wales, Diana, would have mm. done. I love the engagement, but it did hark back to Diana for me. And that's not a bad thing. I just wonder whether Catherine can carve her own path with the role of Princess of Wales moving forward. Rach, just before we go into the wrong news, I've got a bit of a kind of pondering. I'm wondering when we are going to drop the consort in the Queen Consort title. Like when is it just going to be Queen Camilla? When is that going to happen?
1: Yeah, it's interesting because on the Royal Socials, they still say Queen Consort, don't they? And I think because Her Majesty the Queen, Queen Elizabeth, she's not even passed a month yet. When you say the Queen, you automatically think of her and it's going to take a lot of mindset to change before we start referring to Camilla as just the Queen. Because when we think of the Queen for 70 years, We've known Her Majesty the Queen. Is
0: it doing Camilla a disservice though? Because she is the Queen now, isn't
1: she? Yeah, she, she is, is the queen. queen. But what I think as well, what's interesting is, say for instance, when King George VI passed away and Princess Elizabeth became the Queen, obviously the Queen Mother, she held that title for many years, didn't she? And it wasn't you know, straight away because people still referred to her as the Queen, even though she wasn't the Queen. And it took a while, again, for people to start calling her the Queen Mother.
0: Hmm. I I guess in a way, it's going to be interesting to see whether the Queen Consort actual label sticks with Camilla. But I I do agree with what you're saying, though. I think in time, this is the transitional period, isn't it? Yeah. And in that transitional period, they will always call Camilla Queen Consort until... The Queen has gone out of our consciousness. I just I just wonder when that time's going to be because, on the podcast, when we talk about the Queen, we will be meaning Camilla now. And when we are talking about the Queen, we'll be calling her Queen Elizabeth moving forward. Just to make it easier, because the socials are doing it, we're going to say Queen Consort until yeah. they say Queen. Until <laughs> they give us the OK. We'll until they we'll give us to. the OK, we're just going to go with what the royals are saying. Okay. But we do understand she is Queen at the moment, but we will call her Queen Consort for clarity. And as we're talking about this transition, rage, I asked everyone on Instagram this week whether this transition was actually okay, like whether they needed to see the king more, whether they didn't need to see the king more. And I put a poller, we love a poll on keeping up with the Windsor's Pod, and 85% of your royal community said that they've got the transition spot on. 4% said they've seen too much of the king and 11% have said they haven't seen enough of the king. Mm. So I think... I- overwhelming majority said they're getting this spot on yeah it's interesting isn't it it's really really interesting
1: so that's it for the royal roundup as we said lots going on this week so now let's move on to the royal news the king and queen Consort visited dunfermline in scotland to confirm its city status which was granted as part of the queen's platinum jubilee celebration they went to Dunfermline's Abbey, which celebrates, get this. It's what? 950th. No anniversary. Way. <laughs> oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. 950th. Please. And no we goodness. saw. That, we gotta
0: go. We gotta oh, go. No, we've
1: gotta go. We've gotta go. I mean, I've never been to Scotland, so Have you not.
0: No. Oh, we've got to go to Scotland. You and I, Rach, we've gotta go I there. I need to go.
1: Um, and they actually saw the tomb of Robert the Bruce. Wow. Now, what's interesting in this show is Do you think they ever go to places like this, visit a tomb and think, it's weird to think that in, I don't know, 50, 100, 200 years time, that people will come and visit their
0: tomb, come visit where they're buried? Well, maybe even in 950 years time. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Rach, it's just normal to think those thoughts, isn't it? Especially if you're the king now. Because you are the legacy. You are the history. You're making yeah. history every single day you wake up. In the answer to your question, yes, I do believe that he, um, he thinks those thoughts. And how weird is it to have those types of thoughts anyway? It's so strange, isn't it? I was thinking that and I was like,
1: hmm. Because we've, we've said in Like when we've been to St. George's Chapel at Windsor, there's over 14 monarchs that have been buried there, yeah. including Henry VIII, Jane Seymour, and now obviously Queen Elizabeth, Prince Philip. Um and actually that opened this week, didn't it, for the first time since the Queen's committal service.
0: Do you want to go and see it?
1: Yeah, I think eventually we've been to Windsor so many times. I think now it needs like we need an exhibition that's really gonna pull us in for us to go back there.
0: Yeah, yeah. And also because we have seen the rest in place before Queen Elizabeth and Prince Philip were interred, I know symbolically she's there, but I, I Our lying in state was the goodbye, I think. Yeah, like, that's what I'm I was like, going to say. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that was more meaningful <laughs> than seeing
1: a slab of stone in in the floor. Yeah, and shell. They um, they signed the visitor's book and the king bought his own pen to avoid another <laughs> pen gate. <laughs> I
0: love it. I love it. Do you know what? I saw a video of this and I looked. I'm not kidding. This is like, this is, like, we need a little shout out for pen gate now, don't we? Every need... time he gives a pen.
1: I mean, we haven't done like, none of our sayings we've been able to do lately, like Chibalee or
0: um, oh, Frank, He has planted a tree, hasn't he, this week? Oh, the well, there you go. Chibalee! Chibalee! <laughs> <laughs> attack! We haven't had a fuck attack, attack in such a long time. New listeners, if you don't know what <laughs> these are, we will. When we do them, we will explain them as we go along. So yeah, I thought
1: that was really interesting. Yeah, nice to see all the crowds turning up for the king and the queen consort.
0: Did you see there was a barber who asked whether he wanted a haircut? <laughs> I <laughs> <Yeah>. loved it. <laughs> and he actually said, Do you want a haircut? <laughs> I said, like, H E I R. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Just like, uh, like oh, I, I see what, what you did there. Yeah, I know. <laughs> and the, and then, uh, the king said, uh, Maybe next time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
1: It's one of those things, though, like going back to the pen. Now I think it's one of those joke things in the crowd.
0: People automatically try to give him a pen. Yeah. Because there was a woman the other week that did that. He's going to be surrounded by ballpoint pens. Yeah. Or like Parker Pens is gonna want to sponsor him in some some shape or form. Well, I don't know why they decided to use ink in the first place. Who uses an ink fountain pen anymore? Well, I know. I tell you what, though, it is quite sexy using one. Do you know what I mean? Well, I don't look at a pen and feel sexy, but they're <laughs> you know, like you know the
1: calligraphy and stuff. Oh, I don't really write anymore. Well, anyway, we'll <laughs> <laughs> we Royal but... community. Let's be This is your camera. My Community. I love Well, you know what I mean. I don't write freehand. I write on the computer. Now, my laptop. <laughs> I love it. Oh, goodness me. And then in the evening at Hollywood House, they hosted a reception of guests from British Asian communities through the King's work with the British Asian Trust, which he founded in 2007. And we've spoken about this before, British Asian Trust, the Prince's Trust, working together in partnership to help build people's livelihoods and really
0: giving a helping hand to those people that need it. I love the fact the King is very connected still to those charities and organisations. He was the founder of this and it's so close to his heart. I wonder which of Queen Elizabeth's charities and patronages will be filtered down to other members of the family. And also which of the patronages and charities and organizations, will the King be able to be a part of? And which ones will he have to take a step back from? And we also saw this week that he won't be going to COP27, something that was so synonymous with his fight for sustainability. We saw him at that sustainable fashion thing last year with Stella McCartney. Mm. He can't go to those things now. He's apolitical. He just can't do those things. So what can he do? Where does his loyalties lie? Another thing that I thought, right, was the king is in this transitional period of changing from the Duchy of Cornwall to the Duchy of Lancaster. And the same with Prince William, he's now having to run the Duchy of Cornwall. So behind the scenes, not only do we have all of these changes with organisations and name changes and changes in rank, we also have the changes in businesses and how stressful that must be right now. I just want to bring up one little point, and maybe this is just things that I've seen, but... The Queen Consort seems to be very quiet. I mean, I know she's speaking, but it's (laughs) all the engagements, it's all the King. Everything I'm seeing is the King. And we're so used to Camilla being frontline and center, really championing organizations. And now she is the Queen Consort, she really has taken a step back. But I also think, come on Camilla, come Mm -hmm. on girl. But don't you think that's deliberate? Because don't forget, Shell, it's not even been
1: a month yet since Queen Elizabeth's passing. So, again, like you said before, we're in this transitional phase and he's waited a long time to be king. There's a lot probably going on behind the scenes and that we don't even know about. And I think that is deliberate that we're not seeing much of the Queen Consort in official capacities, like you said, like we would normally see her in. Yeah. Um, But I think going forward in the months to come, we'll begin seeing more and more of her. But I think at the moment, it's like Prince Philip's role. He was by the Queen's side, but you're three steps behind, wasn't he? Yeah. Even though he had charities, organisations, patronages that he was passionate about Mm -hmm. and that he cared for deeply, but the Queen was the monarch and she was the head of the family. That's just the way it is, you know, head of the family, but also head of state, head of the Commonwealth and so on. Yeah.
0: And I guess... I'm just mentally maybe a couple of steps ahead of where the rest of the world is now. I've kind of got to that, that acceptance stage. I'm like, right, okay, let's go, let's go.
1: And also, don't you think that if we did see more Camilla at this point, there might have been backlash from some people? Again, it's because Charles has waited so long for this role. His whole purpose in life is to be the king, right? That's... The reason why he was born, you know? So if Camilla was doing all the work that she usually does, it would kind of deflect from everything that the king is doing.
0: Yeah. And, do you know, that is an absolutely excellent point that you've made because there are some Charles and Camilla haters out there. Oh, definitely. Even now, you see
1: the posts and you're like, geez, give them a break. They've been married for 17 years. 17 years is a long time. They've been together for much longer than that. She's proved herself as a loyal wife and throughout her work as a member of the royal family and even the Queen has seen that and that's why she wanted Camilla to be known as Queen Consort.
0: Yeah, I completely agree with everything you said. But taking a step back, I think actually that does make sense from a PR perspective of why Camilla is quiet because yeah. she's obviously honouring her husband's role and like you said, they, they've been preparing for this for a while so they understand but I also think there has been backlash because they did start as an affair and a lot of people cannot get over that whether that's to do with their Christian values whether it's to do with just their own sense of right and wrong but a lot of people cannot get over that and a lot of people of diana fans let's not forget Uh, yes of course diana lives in the hearts of everyone it feels like you're being dishonest to the memory of diana to like camilla but i'm gonna quote the duchess of sussex here are you ready you don't have to like her and hate me and you don't have to hate her and like me you know it's that kind of i probably did i do that quote wrong Mm, maybe <laughs> <laughs> I'm rubbish with codes but anyway um, you get what I'm saying royal community it's a new era and I'm not saying that anyone should put past their past grievances that they have with how the king and the queen consort started their marriage but I also think that we got the crown coming up there's going to be a lot of backlash with Charles and Camilla moving forward and maybe I'm just connecting this from what you've said It it makes complete sense now why she would be under the radar whereas i wanted to kind of like stand proud and go yeah i deserve to be here but actually in staying under the radar that is the biggest compliment you can give the king
1: and to finish for community show so we had a new photo release of the new fab four and it was by our favorite photographer chris jackson, jackson. <laughs> yes. if you don't know royal community the fab tour is the king the queen consort and the prince and princess of wales and this was taken on the 18th of september before the heads of state reception at buckingham palace the day before the queen's funeral now shell a
0: lot has been said about this photo hasn't it so much um firstly Rach. before we get on to what everyone else said what did you think about it well first thing
1: i thought was it's a bit late in the day to be releasing this photograph, like it's a few weeks after, but when I actually saw it, I was like, wow, that's, you know, a powerful image. They're telling us this is the future of the monarchy. This is what it is going forward. It's the King and Queen consort and William and Catherine, and that they are the main players in the royal family.
0: Yeah. I had so many thoughts when I saw it. Firstly, I was like, oh my goodness, we finally got a photo yay amazing yeah the first thing that I noticed was how happy Charles looked and I don't mean happy like you know I'm king now but just there was like a looseness there was a a playful quality to him he had his arm around Camilla that we never see that
1: yeah we we never never see that we never see
0: PDA (laughs) we never do and what I loved was I was like is this the new monarchy and if it is I'm all for it Mm-hmm. Because I think the old, um, nothing against Queen Elizabeth. We love her royal community. But I want to see some change in this new the monarchy moving forward. And I think this is actually showing that there's change. Because yeah. Charles is like, this is my wife. I'm really proud to have her on my arm. And this is the monarchy. Like you were saying, race, This is the monarchy. This is it. And also, this is the streamlined monarchy. This was a very centralised nuclei shall we say of the royal family this is what you've got and I'm like I'm all for it I think as well it showed because it was the four of them and it
1: was a close-knit photo it showed as if they were putting on a united front like you said this is us the future of the monarchy you know here we are this is what we're about going forward
0: Royal community, as Rachel said that, she put her hands up in the air and it reminds me of like, da, 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 da. <laughs> I'm like, what's what, symphony? The, the, the coronation one. Anyway, <laughs>
1: moving on, moving on. You actually posted this photo on our Instagram show. And what I loved about what you put was your first sentence was, duty before grief. And this really struck me. And I was like, yeah, this is exactly what this is. Yes, they are grieving their mother, their grandmother, but at the end of the day, this is their duty as now king and heir to the throne. Yeah. This is what they've got to do. They need to be seen by the people. Even though we're living in a very different time as what the queen, when she became queen, you know, it, it's very important that we see the king and we see the queen consort and we see William and Catherine because without us seeing them, it's kind of like, well, why, why are they there? What's their meaning? And I think that, you know, brought to fruition of why this is the future of the monarchy. And I think that was really important to see.
0: Yeah. What was also very apparent is they were smiling. We would assume this would be like a morning photo You know, we're in mourning, we have to do this duty and it would be a bit more somber but actually there was light and happiness and I think again we have to remember that even when we're in grief there's still joyful times you may feel guilty at times for that but it was quite interesting a lot of people said oh it's weird that they're smiling they've got their mourning clothes on you know they're all in black and I thought no that just shows the human experience and Mm. like you say the duty that they have to perform that even in their grief they have to put a smile on and get out there and be the princess of the United Kingdom to be the king yeah yeah. so it's always duty before grief always unfortunately for them it is so we asked you the royal community
1: what your thoughts on the photo were and we had so many responses didn't we and we were so happy with these
0: responses thank you so much royal community if you uh, responded to this a lot of people said a lot of the same things yeah but then we've had some real good corkers as well haven't we (laughs) Rach
1: yeah so we had um, a lot of A lot of the consensus was people felt hopeful seeing this photo. It made them feel hopeful that a new era had begun. We just spoke about this, but that it showed a lack of stuffiness because if you look back to, say, for instance, when the queen became queen, it was don't show any emotion, don't show any... Public displays of affection you're the royal family you're the pillar of society yeah. well like you said it was more relaxed and we saw that through the photo but, but a lot of people were saying it was like they didn't know where to put their hand, well.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and I didn't get that but as soon as somebody said it I looked back and I was like oh my goodness yeah oh, of course because yeah. <laughs> William and Catherine
1: were quite formal weren't they yeah very stately Yeah. And whereas Charles and Camilla, like you said, like they had their arms around each other and it looked more relaxed. Yeah. It was
0: as if they were going for two different types of photo. (laughs) Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. It's just lovely to hear your responses over on Instagram. It's actually very telling that everyone feels this connection with them still, because I was very worried, Rach that when the king and the queen's consort came into their reign, the monarchy would actually lose popularity. Mm. And actually, I think a lot of people are curious about the king and what he's going to do with his reign and also how the other members of the family are going to fit in. So we haven't lost interest yet from the wider community, (laughs) shall we say. The royal community, we're still strong and we're proud. I mean, we've spoken about this over the last few months,
1: but we've got the crown coming up we've got Harry's memoir coming up. We don't know what's going to be in that book. We've got if and when it comes out, the docu-series that the Duke and Duchess of Sussex have been working with with Netflix. Mm -hmm. We've got that coming out. And then we've heard on the rumour mill, and you know, we don't really like to talk about rumours here, but You know, just putting it out there, we've heard that the King's coronation will take place next year. And again, that's going to bring up a lot more criticism because it's not a cheap celebration to run, is it? You know, it takes millions of pounds, hundreds of man hours. It's relentless. I think the first couple of years, especially next year, we're just going to have to like hold on to our hats and see what happens. Because I'm really interested to see where this new reign takes us. And I think I'm excited, but I'm also a bit apprehensive as well.
0: Yeah, I concur. Let's just hope for the best and see what happens, which is the sentiment that came from the Royal Community over on Instagram. Hopeful. And let's keep that hope together in our hearts. Thank you so much for being here, Royal Community. It's been a pleasure to have you listening. If you would love to know more about Rachel and I, you can head on over to our YouTube channel, Keeping Up With The Windsors. You can also email us, Keeping Up with keepingupwiththewindsorspod at gmail.com. You can also follow us on
1: instagram actually not like the windsor's pod and don't forget you can support michelle and i by buying us a coffee over on
0: ko-fi it's four pounds or six bucks and that helps to keep the podcast on the air if you loved this podcast why not share with somebody who loves the royals just as much as we do thank you for being here we will see you next week on keeping, keeping up with the windsors, windsors.